welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Listen, everybody, so many of you come to me at conferences and have come to me online and just say, Matt, I don't understand how people can create the level of content that they create, not only from a compliance standpoint, but from a time management uh, standpoint. So we went searching the internets, most, mostly LinkedIn and Instagram and all of those things, and we found our guest today. So today we've got Stoy Hall. Now, here's the deal. If you want to see somebody who is creating really good, intimate, powerful, and focused content, this guy is the guy. I actually remember looking through all of his content and thought to myself, how does he do all of this? And that is the secret that we're going to uncover today. So Stoy, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. I really do. And you think it's great content. It's fun. And that's really what's important, right? It's fun for me to do and get out to others, but I do appreciate the applause there. You are you, and and that's the other really cool thing. And we talk about unapologetically being yourself. That's a huge component of what we believe here at Proudmouth, and and you've really done that from an an essence of your content. But but before we get to the content, here here's the deal: How did you overcome the fear? of putting yourself out there to the level that you have with Black Mammoth and with your social media presence alone? It really started back in eighth grade. I'm not going to lie. It started in eighth grade. We were in a, a giant assembly and it was like our holiday assembly and they had some singers come on and it was a black singer. I don't even remember who it was. And it was some Christmas song. And they came to me with the mic and I sang in front of my entire middle school by the way. And each one of our classes at that time was 750. So I was about 1500 students that I sung in front of. And I'm not a singer. I'm not an artist. I don't do any of that. From that perspective on, I've always been a person who is able to speak in front of others and wants to just share everything that I know. And I've learned not saying I'm an expert by any means, because I don't really believe in people being experts. And when so when I started Black Mammoth and got going. I've been through the insurance world and you're not allowed to do much, especially back in 2011. And I was like, I want to, people need to hear these things. The reason our industry doesn't get as much clout and all of that is because they can't hear us. We're stuck behind compliance and all these big words. And I was like, how do we do this? And so my team was like, hey, let's do a podcast. And I was like, hmm, okay, how are we going to do that? And they're like, let's just buy some equipment and start. And so I did. That's literally what it started. We started with the sports one, got comfortable, and then launched the wealth one. And it's been nonstop ever since for the last couple of years. So they're the, so your team, you do everything in-house? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you do all the post-production. So we'll talk about post-production in a minute. When it comes to the other thing that we hear story all the time is what in God's name am I going to talk about? How do you come up with the content, the core like foundation outlines and things like that, that you guys then turn into all of the content you create? Yeah. So we have different series. So those have their own, but really it comes down to what are our clients talking about, right? Client stories and what's going on in their world. That's going on. That's hot, a hot topic. Like student loans or what's going to happen with the election or the wars. Like those are very easy, hot things to, 
that we all have opinions about. And then the other is interviewing other, whether it's business owners, as we do a lot of, or other planners, and just riffing off of each other about what's going on, whether it's their industry or how they got in business. And then you just keep playing off of that. And then what happens is other people reach out and they're like, ask questions. And then when they ask questions, that leads us to more content. And it really just starts going. It's like, you've got now probably a Rolodex of a thousand different things and topics to go with. It's just a matter of timing and making sure that comes out and it's appropriate time. Right now is not probably the greatest time to for me to be talking about the World Cup and how that affects a local economy. It doesn't make sense. However, we have that, right? We could do that. Those are the that's how we align that up. Their golden nugget here that I want everybody to take away immediately is doing like series, right? So a lot of people think that it's just this, you just do this and it's every week or every other week. And we don't recommend weekly here, but every other week, right, is the run rate that we think is palatable, especially if you have social media support. But I love having micro focuses. In fact, some of the most listened to things we've ever done here at For the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast were mini series, whether they were two podcasts, three podcasts. I think the most we ever did was five. Kirk and I did a five-part mini series uh, a little while ago. And that way you can... So the other thing, story that I hear all the time is, how deep do I go? Do you feel that having the series allows you to get to the depth you want? What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a minority CFP series, a small business, an alternative mindset, and a wealth mindset series. And so each one of those, we can just specifically focus on that topic as opposed to talking about, okay, if I bring on another CFP, there's a lot of things that vaguely we have to highlight. I just recorded this week and we only focused on specific items that dealt with alternative lending and funding, et cetera. It allows us time to go that deep. And that's what people want to know. They don't want this high level stuff. That's cool and dandy, but they want to know nuts and bolts. And then like, how do I make this actionable ultimately? And so having series allows that. Let's talk about guests because that's another question that I get a lot is, Matt, people are beating down the door to be on my show, but it just, it seems very self-serving to them. It doesn't really seem to help us. How do you manage that sort of dance that you have to do with guests? Uh, I vet them out. So we do an, in one, when they apply, probably a terrible word, but when they do the first meeting, I have a set of questions for them. And if they don't answer them the way I want to, I don't even call them in to do a a pre-interview, right? And then during the interview, if I can get along with them and it's not as self-serving as you think it is and we can just chop it up, we're good. We're golden. If not, then no, I'm not going to invite you on on to the podcast, right? Now for the business owner segment, it literally is about them and their business. So please give me everything, right? This is your hour to, to party. So let's do it. So let's talk about the post-production of that. So you record with a business owner for an hour. Do you then do a major amount of post-production on that and get it down to 30 minutes? Or is it just you hit record and you go? (laughs) No, we obviously do a lot of cut-ups, right? We end up around the 40-minute mark is usually what ends up being around there. But in the post-production, yes, we've got to add the intro, add the post, add in. Sometimes we'll have, rarely do we do this right now, but commercials in the middle that highlight what their business is. And then for me, I love all the social stuff. So we do all the cut-ups and we post about two a day for their entire week. So they get about 10 to 15 little clips, shorts per episode, really. And then they get obviously the episode, both audio and on YouTube. So we do content multiplication, which is a core of how we help people accelerate their influence here. 
How involved, Stoy, are you as a director saying, hey, that's the stuff? Or do you delegate to the team and the team knows because you've done so many of these, here's the golden stuff, here's the stuff that sprinkles our magic? How does that work? It's twofold, actually. We use this new app called Munch. I don't know if you've done it at all. So I've we played around with that. I basically said, okay, team, you do you and I'm going to see what Munch does. And we saw a lot of crossover, actually. And so what that did, it cut down our time because if that's going to do a lot of the heavy work, then they can focus on certain things that I know I want to pull out. And so really it's cut down. I'm not kidding you. Between Munch and I forget what other software that we use, I've cut down on our production almost six hours. And that's been huge in terms of six hours of cutting up and six hours of posting, sorry, and combining. I thought we had talked, I thought you used Descript too. Wasn't that the other and program Descript, that yes, you guys Yep, okay. exactly. Yep, you're right. Yep, Descript. And between those and then being able to post from one position, it's cut down so much time. But so yes, twofold. Team does some of it. I do some of it. But Munch has actually overbridged that a lot. So how much time you just said you, you took six hour haircut, which is freaking awesome, right? How much time does it take for you to do now? There's two aspects of time. Uh, so the first one is your time as the advisor. And then the other time is the team's time. When you look at your time uh, from a time blocking standpoint or however you track your stuff, how long does it take you as the advisor to to complete this from soup to nuts. And then let's talk about how much time it takes your team to execute and get it out in the world. Yeah, absolutely. About two hours. And that includes the pre-interview. That includes obviously the episode in itself. And then it just includes overview of what the clips are that go out. So right now it's about two. That used to be more, but overall it used to be 10 total per episode. And we've cut that down to four where they can get things in and out into, and it takes me to overall to get involved. So now way more efficient. But when we first started, I, many days I'm sitting there going, I don't know if I can do this anymore. We can't, we can do episode a month. Right. And we try to do a weekly usually ends about three a month is what the rotation ends up like. But yeah, about two hours myself. So two hours per episode or two hours per month per episode. Got it. So you're doing a run rate of two now. So two per month, because we had talked about that before. So all in, you're looking at 12 hours of everybody's time, including yours. So this is an important breakdown because when an advisor actually runs a business, they should really be looking at time allocation in their own time because that's where most advisors focus. I'm just paying them a salary. No, it's really important to make sure. Now, do you have a dedicated marketing person for Black Mammoth? Uh, Yes. So we hired a third party specifically for that. Yes. So we've covered time. Let's the, let's talk about the 800-pound uh, mammoth in, in the room here, which is compliance, right? You're in places that other advisors are afraid to be. Let's talk about where you are, what is there, and then how do you do this all in a compliant manner? Yeah, absolutely. From all the socials, the only social we're not in is Reddit because Reddit kicked me out. So we're in Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. What else are we? What else is there? LinkedIn. We're on all of those. TikTok. And... Really, I, I talked to my attorney. So I, again, came from the insurance world where you had to get everything pre-approved like 48 hours. And by the time it was out, it was irrelevant. And so I went to my attorney and said, I can't do that. Like, I need to be able to operate quickly and respond at a very timely thing. She said, cool. Main thing you have to do is make sure it's all archivable. And that was about it. Now, that's because I'm the CCO. So like, I have the ability to approve as I'm going because it's me. 
But even when I had a team, essentially what she would say is you can review it within 24 hours and take it down and be okay with it. But that was when we were on a a post-to-post deal. Now that we can schedule them out weeks, even months in advance, right? Now I'm just going through and saying, yeah, we're good to go. The responses. So usually it's everyone's, how the hell do you respond so much to things? And I'm like, one, it's archivable, right? That's first thing. It has to be that. And two, I'm not saying anything that's, I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm not really giving any advice. You can deem it advice, whatever. But then my attorney reviews that. And that's what we do in our quarterly of, okay, give me some snapshot of it. What are you doing? We look at it. And once you get into the groove, you realize that you can say a lot without saying a lot. And that's very important, but archivable. First things first, has to be archivable. And two, it depends on your guys' own policy. But for us, we schedule so far in advance that at this point, it's all approved. You can say a lot without saying a lot. That's one of the quotes that I want my team to pull from this. And the other thing, and and I say this all the time, is don't say stupid stuff, right? You know what you're allowed to say, especially living in the insurance world, which that is actually way different than the investment world. So that's really important. So you cut your teeth where it was harder to cut your teeth. The hardest would have been in a bank, but whatever. Hey, it's Matt jumping in for just a second. If you're an advisor, you work in the expertise economy where influence is like oxygen. Influence is how you prove your expertise so more people want to work with you without you having to convince them. To find out how much influence you have right now, take our free five-minute test and get your influence scorecard. Just go to proudmouth.com to start. Okay, so you're everywhere. Everything is archival. TikTok's not archival. How are you archiving TikTok? Yeah, so TikTok itself isn't archivable, but the clips that we put in, we have them, right? Those are ours. Now, we don't do many comments on TikTok. I don't use it for that perspective. It's usually just for our shorts. We have them. We save them. They're in our folder. We're good to go. From a a 30,000 foot view, if you were going to give an advisor away, so you hit it hard, right? We've talked about this. You have a history of excellence and high performance, being an athlete and all of the things that you had done before you became an advisor. Not everybody's you, my friend. So if you were to give everybody, just serve it up on a silver platter here and say, hey, here's where I would have started. Here's the things that I learned that I wish I would have done differently. What are some of those things? Yeah, there's really three. One, just get on all the socials and post your own content of words that you know, right? So just first and foremost, be out there. Two, I would then find other podcasts like myself and say, hey, I want to be I want to be involved. I'm looking to get involved, et cetera. And just start being a guest on all of them. There's a lot of us out there. Start being a guest so you can start to get that under your belt. And the third, which is, I guess, less important, but more working on you is you have to know your purpose and you have to be clear, very clear about it. And if you're not, then don't jump into it because you're going to second guess yourself. It's going to come out. You won't have the energy. I don't need to tell you all these things, but that's what needs to happen. People, you need to know your purpose and be very clear on it. Otherwise, it is pointless. You are marketing and talking about yourself in the wrong direction because it says you got to be real. If it's not, then please don't do it. Please don't do it. I think a lot of people are afraid to be real because I think that they're afraid that they're going to push more people away than they pull in. What has been your experience with that? It's the opposite, right? You don't know who you're pushing away. You will know who you're bringing in because people will comment. They'll leave you little notes. They'll say these things. And 
and it means more than money, right? And that's what it comes down to is you need to care more about people than you do dollars coming in. When you do that, you'll get more people. And guess what? More clients brings more money, ultimately. And just like I tell everyone is we're not in competition with each other. We're not. There are millions upon millions of potential clients out there. And there's only thousands, tens of, maybe 10, 15, I think there's 19,000 of us. Do the quick math. There's too many of them and not enough of us. And so by pushing hard against each other and creating this false sense of competitiveness kicks a lot of people out of the industry, which ultimately is only hurting the end client. And that's not okay. It's interesting. So I'm going to go off the rails here just a minute, because one of the things, so I want everybody to know, I got to spend a good amount of time with Soy at this last conference, Fearless Investing Summit. And we, it was just such a delight to hang out with you, man. You're competitive by nature. Like we talked about that. How do you set that competitive how okay there's two things there how do you use that competitive to your competitiveness to your advantage but also how do you not look at the other 20,000 licensed CFPs in North America as competition how, how do you reconcile that it's hard it really is hard don't get it wrong like when I see people being successful and doing things the internal instinct is to be like okay well, all right it's time to go but then I reflect back and I go what's the overall end goal and my, and my whole goal is to end financial illiteracy, right? So to do that, I can't do it alone. I know I can max out personally, right? Without a team and everything, 46 clients. That's 46 people. That's not going to do anything to the millions that need our help, right? And so once you do that and you become selfless, it's no, I want to help as many other planners and advisors to see what I can see because then we can start to multiply each other and really do some good damage, right? And damage in terms of affecting people in their wealth growth. All right. Here's the cabillion dollar question. I wasn't actually going to ask you this, but you've teed it up for me twice now. So I'm totally going to walk through the door. Quantification, right? I have a whole presentation, which I don't know if you were there or not, but I have the five ROIs of podcasting, right? I talk about that in speeches all over the country. How do you quantify the success and the spend that you have to say that this is really worth my time and my investment? a very good question. I used to try to think of it as trying to make it its own profitable business, which I still want to at some point, but I don't want to do it from a sponsorship perspective, right? I don't want to bring on all these outside sponsors because then they control the show. I've seen it when I work for nonprofits. When you take money, they're the ones in control. So what I came down to is what kind of feedback and engagement are we getting? What are conversations are we getting from our posts and our shorts and stuff like that? And when those started coming in, when every video starts to have some type of engagement of someone commenting something, or all of a sudden I'm getting into a long thread of people having a conversation, I started to recognize that then we're being successful. That is to me what I can quantify of it being successful because it's doing its purpose. And that is getting people to talk. That's all I want people to do is talk. That's all I want to do is talk to you. And ultimately by talking to you, I can get to you, understand your emotions, where you're coming from. And hopefully get you to build more wealth, right? Somewhere, somehow. And I'll say this a hundred times. Wealth does not equal money. Wealth equals happiness, okay? Happiness equals wealth. Wealth does not equal money. Being rich equals money, but being rich does not equal happiness. 
No, boy, you and I have both seen that a bunch of times, haven't we? Oh, I remember many moons ago, this gentleman that I was coaching said, Matt, I'm going to be happy when I have three, three million in GDC. And then so we helped him get to three million. G- oh, it'll be five now. No, that's not enough. I'm like, wow, dude, you have a gaping hole in your soul. You should probably do some work here before you try to go ahead and do that. All right. Here's my favorite question that I don't always get to ask, but I definitely wanted to ask you this is uh, what question should I have asked you that I didn't? What question should you have asked me that you didn't? That's a good one. I might steal that from my own podcast. You should totally. Because that's awesome. The question would be, do you enjoy what you do? Okay. Take it away. And I do. I enjoy the hell out of it. What I do is a lifestyle choice. It was, it's not a job choice. I was whole, I, in my life, I believe I was put on this earth to help people. And I believe this is the most powerful way I can help somebody. Right now, obviously football was first. I will admit it. I'm a football player at heart. That's where I wanted to be. When you're too short, too fat, too slow, and you tear your Achilles, the NFL's not come calling. But outside of that is to be able to relate to people and look at them and break down this, the, the facade of defense that we have and just get to know them and truthfully help them and not worry a damn thing about money. So that's usually the question that people avoid is, do you really enjoy what you're doing? And I do. I love every bit of it. But I'm not going to lie, it sucks at times. Being a business owner sucks. There's a lot of it, and you have to embrace that. But at the end of the day, when you get those messages or you get those calls from clients saying, thank you so much for this, or I'm so glad we did this, or they saw a friend pass away and didn't have things in order, and they're like, thank you for pushing me to do that, that's when it's beyond worth it. I've had friends who've said to me repeatedly, dude, stop telling me about life insurance. And I'm like, look, I just it, it didn't just happen again. And as I continue to get older, you're quite a bit younger than I am. But as I continue to get older, everybody dies. Dude, I mean, this is a terrible statement. It's true. And having that important conversation is vital. And and the coolest thing about what you're doing, Stoy, and I'm so, thank you so much for sharing this stuff with us, is you're doing it such a scale. And in today, just in 22 minutes, you've given, I think, our listeners hope that they can actually execute this stuff, right? Don't say what you want to say, but don't say stupid stuff. You can say a lot without saying a lot. I think those are fantastic pieces. The fact that you learned a lot and you talked about using Descript and what was the other program? Lunch, right? So there's two programs right there that look, everybody, even if you're not going to go ahead and use us to do the execution for you, you can join the Pot Rocket Academy and then use the tools that Stoy just talked about to really be able to launch an unbelievable influence acceleration system. Stoy, I know that there are going to be people who are going to want to pick your brain some more, and I know you have limited time, but what is the best way for people to reach out and continue to learn from you specifically? Yeah, best way is whatever you're comfortable with. I'm on all the social medias. Hit me up, DM me. You can email me. Once you get my email, you can text me. It's really what you're comfortable with. I understand that this is a gauntlet of things to go through and it's very tough to do. And it's just like what we tell our clients, just you got to be able to take that first step, right? Whatever that first step is, I'm going to meet you there. So if that first step is emailing me, awesome. If it's you want to hit me up on LinkedIn, that's fine. Just take that first step because that is the most vital one and it will get you to places that you just wouldn't think of. 
I follow you. You're one of very few people who I have notifications turned on. And mostly it's actually, it's wildly selfish because I just want to see what you're creating, right? And not to be mean, but I've heard most of what you're talking about. I've worked with over a thousand advisors as a coaching consultant. I consume a lot of financial services content. It's just your personality and the way that you deliver it that is so engaging to me. In fact, when we were, when I first started chasing you down, I actually had some of my team start really diving deep into the content that you've created. And Jessica on our team, who does an enormous amount of our branded writing here at Proudmouth was like, he is, Matt, he's everywhere. And not only is he everywhere, but he's getting good numbers everywhere. And it wasn't like vanity metrics number story. It was like engagement numbers. Like Matt, like 12 people commented on that last post. And, and I want everybody to know that's actually a lot of engagement and that pleases the algorithm. And Stoy, you and I talked about that at Fearless. It's all about pleasing the algorithms. What can you do to make it so that your posts get show? Because you can get lost in the woods. All right, man, we're going to make sure that we have links to your LinkedIn profile, all of your socials, because thankfully you gave that to us ahead of time. So we'll make sure that is in our show notes. But man, I really appreciate everything that you're doing to really stop financial illiteracy and help people become more literate when it comes to their finances. And thanks for creating kick-ass content. Hey, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time on here and what you're doing. Getting everyone to be loud is very important. And I want us all to be loud together. Let's all be loud together. And if there's anything that we can do here at Proudmouth to help you be your own loud, number one, if you want to do it yourself, join the Pod Rocket Academy. By the way, it's free now. It's not going to be free forever, just so everybody knows. And then number two, if you're really looking at a company to outsource it to an expert who's done over 7,000 episodes and gotten over 1.5 million comments, likes, and shares with our social media posts, we'd be more than happy to help you. So for Stoy and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Haller and I'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.